Hey there. Thanks for coming back to the pack out. I made this podcast because I love stories and I believe the more that we listen, the better people we become. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, I'll take my last dollar and all by your daisies. I'm excited about this episode because it features the man of my dreams, my husband, Brandon. He tells about an adventure he had with his dad. Now that my kids are getting older, they don't think I'm cool. They think I'm embarrassing. I mean, this isn't news to anyone. It's a fact of human development that children have to learn to mistrust their parents in order to become functioning adults. But just because something is normal doesn't mean that it's fun. For either side, it can be traumatic to realize that not only are your parents not perfect, but that they are, in fact, just awkward humans. My husband Brandon remembers a specific moment that changed his perspective on his dad. I'll let him tell the story. Uh, So one time we went, I was, I want to say, eight or nine. So maybe put it around like 1988, 1989. It was a summer day. It was really hot. And all of the animals were just not really doing anything, which that type of thing happens a lot at the zoo. And in fact, more common back then, before they made big enclosures, that mimic nature and that type of thing. And so the animals were just in concrete blocks. There were still a lot of people at the zoo, which for those of us that went a lot, that wasn't that big of a deal. That's kind of how it was. In fact, my entire childhood going to the zoo, I don't think I ever saw the alligator move one time ever. They could have just had just a fake alligator there and no one would have known the difference. It was a unique day. It was different in that my dad was there with us. He works so much that he didn't go and do that type of thing often with us. I always wanted to be exactly like my dad. He was so tall, he was about 6'4", and he was so good at basketball. And to little kids, especially to boys, athletic ability directly transfers to strength of character, right? And so all I ever wanted to be was as tall as my dad because it would mean that I was as cool as he was. He always wanted to make people laugh and to have a good time. He would take us to work every once in a while. I like going to his work because I would meet people he worked with and they're like, oh, you're Mike Rigby's son? And, And they would go off about how great he is. And that always made me really proud to have people know that I was his son. So like I said, my dad usually didn't go and do that type of thing with us. He likes action, you know, to be up and moving, doing stuff. And so I think seeing all the animals not moving because it was so hot, that was really boring for him. So this this whole story comes out of him, you know, trying to spice things up. (laughs) 
Here's Brandon's dad. His name is Mike. We went in, of course, the the lion house where the tigers and lions were. There's a big uh, male lion, and uh, he was just sitting there minding his business. And so we're standing in front of the lion enclosure. There's a bunch of families. And back then, the way it was set up was just this big concrete enclosure. I'm going to break in here for just a second because I used to go to the same zoo as a kid, and it really is hard to imagine by today's standards. There was no glass barrier at all. The lions were in what was basically like a chain-link fence. The only thing stopping a person from sticking their arm in there was a waist-high railing about four feet from the fence. At the time, it seemed normal. We were used to that kind of thing. And it was really fun because it felt so personal. Nowadays, something like that would definitely be illegal, and for good reason. We're just sitting there, and my dad, I don't remember him saying anything or winking, and you know, like you see in a movie, like, look what I'm going to do. He just hopped over the fence, which for him, you know, he's really, he's really tall and has long legs. And so that fence wasn't anything. I mean, he just swung his leg over. And then he, all of a sudden he's in that space in between the fence where obviously you're supposed to stay behind and this cage that has a, a full grown male lion in it. Um, so he hops over the fence and right there in front of the cage connected is a hose. The hose was there and I just picked it up and I pointed it and turned it and went, I didn't even turn it on. I just turned it on just one one turn and it shot. But I really had no idea it was gonna come out. It was, it was just shot out, you know, just a, just a fine stream. Wasn't a, wasn't a bunch of water, but it, what the water that came out was extremely hard and fast. It's a strong hose because they use it to clean out the entire cage. It's not a, a, like a flaccid stream. It's, a, it's like shooting out at the lion. And it hit, it hit the lion in the face, and it roared so loud. The kids jumped, I jumped. It roared, and then it roared again. And it was like, how dare you spray me? You know, the king of the jungle, and you're over here spraying me in the face like I'm some kitty cat. And... Immediately it reacts like it is furious. You cannot imagine how fast it springs up and how angry it is. Every muscle fiber in its body is tense with anger. When that roared that day, it was like, and of course you hear them on the movies or whatever, but when you're face to face, so so loud, it was crazy loud. I already turned it off and <laughs> looked around and thought, man, you're in trouble. The lion was roaring so loud and my bones were shaking and the building itself was shaking. I knew the whole building was just gonna shake and just collapse. And so that's why I had to get out of there. And the other thing I knew was that any second, the guys with shotguns were gonna come and arrest my dad. There was no question in my mind. So I run outside and there's tons of families there watching it. And you hear this story now, and it seems like, well, obviously, they're whipping out their cell phones and recording him, and he's going to be a pariah on the news because this is, A, really stupid, and B, just offensive to anyone's sensibilities. 
but this is the late 80s and people are just dying. It's the funniest thing they've ever seen in their life. There's this crazy guy and he's spraying the lion and he's doing it for their entertainment and they think it's hilarious. <laughs> Any discomfort that the lion felt was minor to the adulation of the crowd, to the laughter and joy that people were feeling. If someone did that in 2021, man, they'd be in jail so fast, their life would be ruined. And all the kids thought that was the funnest thing ever. They were scared at first, and I was scared. I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to get in trouble. And, uh, you know, we, we laughed. I kind of scurried away, so I didn't, uh, I didn't get found out. The, the thing with the lion is it's surprising in the fact that, like, who would ever think in a hundred years to jump the fence that's there for your own security? And this is like a full-grown lion. Like, what, 350 pounds of muscle and fury aimed at you? But it's not surprising at all that he did that because that's the type of thing that he did. I, I was so proud of my dad always. I always, I just wanted to be exactly like him, but it was also really easy for me to distance myself from him, knowing that the, he was gonna get arrested any second. And yet no one, no one ever, my dad never got in trouble. The way people were laughing, uh, as mad as the lion was, is how funny commensurably everyone else thought it was the the lion could not be more upset and the people could not be more happy so even though he was by all accounts the hero of the day i just ran away and and didn't want to be anywhere near him or associated with him i mean that's like my dad like he just does stuff like that to be funny not with any intention at all of hurting any feelings but i'm pretty sure that lion had his feelings hurt Just like Brandon, all kids have to learn that their parents don't always know what they're doing. And to be honest, it sucks. Especially because as soon as you understand that they can do something wrong, you realize that they are doing things that are wrong. Or if not wrong, at least embarrassing. To make it worse, you know that it's wrong because they are the ones who taught you to be better. All of a sudden you realize that the people in charge don't have all the answers. And that is the first step to becoming an adult. Well, I made it into adulthood and now I've got all these kids. I'm the one leading out and I don't need anyone to tell me that most of the time I don't have everything under control. I've become the one spraying the lion. I'm the embarrassing mom. As hard as it was learning that my parents had flaws, it's even worse watching my children learn that about me. But maybe it's okay. Those might be the times that I actually end up teaching the most important lessons. I hope, at least, that they will learn when to stick around and when to turn and run the other way. Even if what they're running from is me. Thanks once again for listening. Good stories are worth the time. A special thanks for this episode to Brandon and his dad, Mike Rigby. Editing by Casey and Curtis Cummings. 
Kathy MacArthur, and Lori Higgins. Theme music written by Chris Wetton and performed by Aggregate. Oh, no,